The Extra Ball. Welcome to the show. Special members only show where we talk about Mateus Click, Dan Michael and Moscow on duty for this one today. A tearful affair potentially, gentlemen. I think I'll be all right now. If you'd have if you'd have made me do this a few days ago, I may have I may have cried. I did just have a, a, a nice old sad time just looking at all the tributes to him, reading through his comments on his social media stuff and just going uh. Yeah, well we, we wanted to get into the weeds with him a little bit because he's a really interesting character story. I just I just really warmed to him as a as a human being and he was a good footballer for Leeds as well. It's probably the first thing we'll miss. He's a good player. And he, every time he's played this season, looked good enough to play in the Premier League. And I suppose the, the positive of the future is it's going to be interesting and possibly entertaining watching him smashing it in MLS because I think he should be well above the level. Are we going to sort of this is your life this then and go back to where it all began? Because I think this is, this is part of what makes... Click's story so interesting to me is that he came and it just didn't work out and you thought, oh, another auto dud. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, he was the first auto dud, wasn't he? He was the... The original. The, the OG auto dud. <laughs> yeah, and Christensen dud. Although it was an auto signing, I think, wasn't it, by the... Well, then the, the mystery with Thomas that. Christensen is how, you know, matches seem to be the only person who has ever had an argument with Thomas Christensen, ever. Well... Well, exactly. How did, it, how did that even sound? I didn't like his um, glasses... I can't trust him in glasses. Reading Click's departure, you get the sense that he felt like he never really fit anywhere prior to Leeds. It was like it was like the puppy that get, kept getting returned to the shelter because he tried like Bundesliga, didn't he? He tried Bundesliga two, Holland, all sort of stuff, and then suddenly it just it's just weird, isn't it? How Leeds as a club just happened to to fit for him. But we like we like to think of ourselves as a bit different and a bit special, don't we? A little bit of Leeds United exceptionalism, but sometimes it's really true when when someone finds a home like Click found at Leeds. And I, I think because it didn't work for him at first, it has made what happened afterwards even better. He didn't just come in and was good. He came in and was farmed out of here and yeah. then came back and was really good. I don't think anyone saw it coming when he left. I think it was one of those things you you, you automatically assume when a, player, a senior player goes out on loan, that's probably it for him. Especially after such a short spell. And it was um, heading for Holland being his home. The Netherlands was going to be the place because before we signed him at uh, 20, he was doing pretty well and he could have, if he was looking for a home, have stayed there and probably have done very well in Eredivisie and it seemed like he was just going to have to not settle for that, I don't think, because he was saying in interviews around the time, and I think even in the early days after he came back to Leeds, was, yeah, I think like when I finish playing, I'll go to the Netherlands and I like the lifestyle there and we feel really comfortable there. So the connection to Leeds, the move to Leeds was more of a footballing one because I think if you get the offer to move to England, play footballers will tend to take it from even from high levels in other leagues. But making that feel like a home instead of just being a football trip took probably until, I mean, when did it actually really, it would have been, it wasn't the start of the, Bielsa season, the first Bielsa season, because I think we, we all spent the first three months of that waiting for it all to go wrong. It was once we were past Spygate and everybody really bought into at that point what Bielsa was doing. That's when we started to really get the, the bond with these players growing. Up until that point, he was very much, I think, uh, the Netherlands was probably still the place where he'd made his mark the most and was probably destined to head back at some point. Uh, the the two of them kind of moved in parallel, didn't they, Bielsa and Click in many ways? Because we all know what it felt like that day against Stoke. And then you go, 
well, that was amazing. Can we do it again? And we went and did it again at Derby and Click scored in that one as well. And you thought, hang on a second. This is really, really good, isn't it? <laughs> and also, Click is really good. Because yeah. the bit, we've just not seen enough of him, had we? I, I mean, I've got a clip actually that I found from a podcast at the time when back in the days when we were doing podcasts about every three months and Moscow was hosting it. Kind of, terrible, terrible. I kind of era. forgot. I kind of forgot on the whole thing. Uh, yeah, just need to blank it out of your mind. But um, although we had good guests, we did. We did. Yes, me and you were dragging it down at that time. We we needed help. We, we were we were being saved by some fine. Um, it was Andy P, John Howe, and I don't know what ever happened to where it was called. Was it called Rob Richard Conlon or something? Or, he was? Yeah, something. We tried him, didn't work out. But yeah, we we didn't ever think he was bad, and he he wasn't bad. He just didn't play. He was he was used as a sub. And he was—I mean, which isn't surprising when we had such fantastic central midfielders at the time. But he was used in cup games where he'd look good, and he'd been used off the bench for like 10, 15 minutes here and there in league games. Then he finally got a league start against Cardiff, which wasn't until twenty sixth of September. He made one mistake, and he was bombed out. The famous slip. The famous slip. But I mean, in that same game, Liam Cooper did a more ridiculous thing because he got two stupid yellow cards within the space of about five minutes of each other. Cooperisms. A couple of Cooperisms. And he was fine to stay, but for some reason, Mateus losing his footing was too much for Christensen. And um, he was, I'd say, was never seen again. He, he managed a couple of cup defeats and another 20 minute spell off the bench, but that was that was all we got of him first time around. So let's listen to what you chumps thought at the time then, on your daft podcast. Another player who has gone uh, matches Click um, on loan to FC Utrecht for the rest of the season back in the Eredivisie. Um, what the hell happened there? When you started to see Shaughnessy getting picked in midfield over him, you kind of thought the writing's on the wall then. Mm. But it seems strange. I'd have liked to have seen more of him, I suppose, because he looked good at Burnley. But then he, I think after that game, he played at Cardiff and fucked up and we conceded. And then it was like Christensen just banished him all of a sudden. He's not the only player to have made well, a mistake well, yeah, this season. Exactly. Even he wasn't the only player to make a mistake in that game. Yeah, exactly. It seemed a bit strange. His, his face just didn't seem to fit at all. His face would have fitted an um, Imperial War reenactment. Uh... <laughs> he does look a lot like Abraham Lincoln, um, which I'm going to miss. You can probably get Utrecht games on online or something. Well, this is it with Click. Because you think he was the first signing of the summer, and he sounded like quite a big deal and quite a mm. big feat. And I, I went and downloaded a couple of FC20 games and watched him playing in the area because he was like, ooh, this would be great. Do I want to find out about this player. Not really. Ever, anywhere. Um, He'll be gently combing his beard. I think he wears glasses as well, which is great. We had a bespe- we had a bespectacled footballer, and we let him go. But he did. He looked perfectly capable. Um, takes took a very cool penalty, um, which I saw. He's a last minute penalty to beat Ajax. That takes some stones, but can't get past Shocknessy, um, who shouldn't even, even Leeds United. Don't think he's a midfielder. O'Kane, Phillips, Vieira, and no room for Click. He doesn't seem like he's a dreadful footballer from the bits we've seen. Certainly not worthy of discarding. It's not like remember Gary Monk's first game when Diego Raga played, mm. and then it, that was the end of him. Yeah, he Matt seems Grimes. to. Yeah, Christ, <laughs> he's better than Matt Grimes. Yes, <laughs> I don't think we we really saw him enough to make any value judgment, but he's definitely better <laughs> he's, than yeah. Matt Grimes. The uh, the thing about Cleese is it, it's a shame to let him go. We we will still own him. So there is a possibility if he suddenly turns it on at Utrecht, I think we've got another three years or whatever, that he may be, we could have a midfield next year of four short, Idiguchi and Click. There is a chance as well, managers change. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Very prescient gentleman. 
Didn't Rob sound dead young then when he first started talking to that little Rob? I wanted to ruffle his hair. I would have. I would love still to reunite a midfield of Click, uh, Hidiguchi and Foreshaw. Mm. That's the stuff that dreams are made of, isn't it? Truthfully, at the time, I don't think we saw Click and um, Foreshaw as Premier League players, probably, did we? But there they are. Well, both did a stint. I suppose he'd, he'd, he'd just signed and he'd done, he'd done some time, hadn't he? Yeah, he'd done, he hadn't been in jail. <laughs> he'd been in the Premier League with Middlesbrough. And we were, we were, you remember, I mean, Forshaw's first game was probably illustrative here because he immediately went into that midfield of O'Kane and uh, Shocknessy and started passing the ball really well. I think that was the one of the things that was hard to understand about Click because he'd come from a very good level, playing very well in the Netherlands and looked decent for us and better than Diaraga and Matt Grimes and whatever other scandalous filth. <laughs> We'd had, I mean, it's even his, his name, Grimes, that we'd had rolling through our midfield for the previous few years. And it was kind of bewildering to go, like, well, how how can he not be good enough for mm. us when he's he's got to be better than... He played for Matt Poland Grimes. when we signed him. And like, and you mentioned there, I know the, the story on Click has changed that he was actually one of the ultimate bargains. But one and a half million quid was a big-ish fee for us at the time. Mm. I know this yeah. was when we did start spending some money, didn't we? Because people like Saiz arrived and there were... We were kind of going up to like three, Forshaw was like four million quid, wasn't it, I think? Yeah. So we were going up to that sort of a fee. But prior to that summer, like we didn't spend any money on any players ever. No. Lukey Millions was the uh, was was a big signing, wasn't he, at the time? So yeah, one and a half million quid seemed, you know, seemed kind of like fairly fairly substantial. But looking at the careers, actually, as we mentioned them, of um, Union O'Kane and Shocknessy. Shocknessy went and had 10 games on loan in the Scottish Premier. He's then been in League Two and League One since... Uh, and again, and O'Kane, having left us, didn't play well, again in the championship. O'Kane's I know like he's, got yeah. absolutely shattered, and I think that's finished him off. But you do um, kind so of, I feel a bit bad for him. You kind of wonder what on earth Christensen was thinking. Well, he was, uh, I mean, the quotes from what Click has said about it sort of nearer the time was that he said that um, uh, he had badly picked shoes and uh, slipped on the pitch, lost the ball, the opponents went with the counter and brought them a goal. Officially, the manager, Thomas Christensen, did not say anything to me, but then he stopped practically speaking to me and did not call me into the team for the next matches. I could have guessed that it was about this situation. I became very angry with him after that, and it was over for me, for Leeds. I wouldn't play anymore under that coach. And this is kind of, there was the the dark era of Click around this time when he uh, was tweeting GIFs during Thomas Christensen's press conferences when uh, there was news that he was kind of not going to be playing in the team at the weekend and there was also there was hassle he had he liked the tweet that was a goal being scored by scum but it was I think it was a Polish player or somebody who had been uh, somebody Barry Douglas knew had kind of was celebrating this and so there was loads of people going like oh no our midfielder is like liking goals scored by scum what, what's like and the thing with Click at the time he would reply to people and he was saying to people look I liked it for this reason it's because um, it's a friend of mine from Warsaw it's not that deep. And he even was narrating his loan move because he was putting up pictures of him on the ferry going back and driving. Um, well, no, he wasn't taking the pictures, but was pictures of him in a car with the the steering wheel on the wrong side. And that's how everyone was like, like, where are you going? He's like, oh, I'm just taking some things back to the Netherlands. But people didn't like it. Like the fact that we had this unhappy midfielder who Thomas Christensen wasn't playing and who we were binning off was gobbing on social media was seen as a real negative against him and the the 
feeling at the time among a lot of people was that um, if that's his attitude, then yeah, get rid, get Connor Shocknessy into midfield because at least he doesn't tweet sarcastic gifts at yeah. our at fine that, head coach. At that point, you're looking like a troublemaker, aren't you? Even if you can see it's not working with the coach, if you're kind of outside the circle, or if, oh, if you're outside the tent pissing in, if you like, then it looks like bad form, doesn't it? The big one with the click was that, uh, with the gif, sorry, was that uh, Pavel Chubitsky liked it. I like these two, these troublemakers who've come from the uh, Poland and, uh, well, the Polish leagues in Chubitsky's case, causing all this trouble. Yeah, they think back to that season. We had Calvin at number 10 while Click didn't play and we had Shocknessy as the defensive midfielder while Calvin was further up the pitch. Weird how things work out. Isn't it, doesn't it go to show what a good coach does? <laughs> doesn't it just? It really we does. saw then by the, the end of the season what a bad coach does or at least one who was bad at the time. I don't know what the hell is happening at Sheffield United but by the end of the season the, the entire team had just stopped moving. We had O'Kane and Vieira and Phillips in midfield and you know good players around the team Roof, Ayling, Cooper, Janssen and they just had stopped. The whole thing is ground to an absolute halt. Both with the ball and without the ball. Yeah, with the, the tactics seem to be stand there and do nothing. But even with that, I don't think anybody was really predict well. Nobody predicted we were going to go from Heckingbottom to Bielsa. Nobody predicted Bielsa was going to have the impact he had. Even Bielsa didn't predict that Click was going to be the player he became. So how the hell all that happened? We really need we need an explanation. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll get it when when he comes in, if if and when he does come in. Um, just to fill in some of those blanks because he was he was placed into Bielsa's maybe squad, wasn't it? There were three squads, the yeses, the noes and the maybes. And I guess in many ways, the most attention would go onto the maybe squad, wouldn't it? If you're not quite made, made up your mind to those yet. I guess it's because he hadn't seen him. I know Bielsa watched every game ever that we had played in the championship <laughs> and every game that every team in the championship had played was all tabulated and analysed by him and his staff. But I don't know if that would have stretched to what he was doing, to what Click was doing at 20, or if, what, maybe, uh, sorry, it was Utrecht back then, wasn't he? Um, and maybe the way Utrecht used him would maybe, because at one point, Click in that preseason was, uh, we tried him and Idiguchi in defence, which was a great day out at York. And, uh, and so trying to think, one, what is he good at? Two, where could he play? He was a maybe just because he hadn't been there for a year, for six months at that point. So, but it wasn't just that he was a, a maybe. It was that he had Ronaldo Vieira was the big player in front of him in particular, and Forshaw as well. Who, if you remember straight away, Forshaw was picked out by Bielsa as a player with like that. So that's a Premier League quality player or a European quality player. He can do absolutely everything. Uh, the best player at the club. How is Click going to get past him? And then the future star who, from watching him, Bielsa decided. Yeah, give me a year with him and I'll double his value. It wasn't going to be easy for Click to get through that. Yeah, I mean, Click only did, started that Stoke game because Forshaw was injured, didn't he? I think that was, and that's why he got a look in, in midfield in pre season as well, because it's hard to believe, isn't it, but Forshaw was, uh, he had picked up a knock uh, at that time, so <laughs> but, it wasn't available. Do, do you remember that day? Can you remember that day when, and there was kind of a, oh, Click, he's come back then, hasn't he? And he's starting. Mm. I guess we haven't got any other options. That was the, that felt to me like the general sort of sense of the mood that day. Well, no one knew what was happening that day oh, wasn't it fucking great it really was we, we had no that's idea what, what that's was... why it was so good because you turned yeah, up and yeah. you were like Brady at centre back for fuck's sake like he's tiny he can't play centre back Calvin Phillips was playing defensively we've not really seen him do that before like I just, I'm just not sure this is 
this is really going to work. And then you send people like, fucking hell, it works. It works. it works better than anything we've ever seen. When the team was announced at two, before you knew, even knew where the players would be playing, like what job Phillips would have, it just looked like the same old faces. We'd signed a few, but they were on the bench. So it was like, oh, well, I thought we were moving on from yeah. this bunch of losers, uh, particularly the number of people, if you remember, wanted Calvin Phillips gone at the end of the mm. hacking bottom season. And then to have him starting and, you know, Berardi, well, what's he going to do? Get sent off in the first minute. All of that, like, click, fucking been rubbish in uh, the Netherlands. But nobody had any, like, it wasn't just that we didn't have any expectations. It was, it was actual disappointment that we hadn't built a better team over summer. And the idea was on that day, Stoke were going to turn up newly Premier relegated, League. but they'd spent money. They had a phobia and Ince and mm. James McLean and still had, like, Butland in net and Joe Allen in midfield. And they were massive favourites to go up. Just destroyed them. Absolutely destroyed him. It was amazing. What an amazing day. And I think if that was his, uh, his his proper breakthrough performance, it did, as I was saying before, his and Bielsa's sort of time at Leeds, is almost, it has almost run in parallel, hasn't it? Like, what a springboard that was. But then again, you could also say the same for like someone like Calvin Phillips, who was in that side. And we'd not seen anything like from Phillips what we saw that day. And like you say, it was, it was deeper. And, and it's amazing how the, the coaches who've gone before had had Phillips further up as a box to box on number 10 and something that Bielsa saw in him was what he ended up being um, and, and the same with Click just well it, it just it, it arrived for so many of them that day didn't it it was just it was perfect it, it was in terms of the wider context the time in the day the start of the season new coach it was just the perfect football day and, and they come along very very seldom and I think that it's something you look back on as well obviously because you know the trajectory from that point if that's a one-off game like under Christensen when we beat Burton 5 0 at home. There was excitement that day because it was like, but yeah, we're actually, we look quite good here. And it was Saga's first game or first start or something. And he'd got a couple and it was like, but yeah, cost me good players here. We might, this is some, something's happening. But obviously, we know it didn't. Whereas we know from that Stoke game, it just continued and it got better and better. There's a, there's a danger of turning it into a, a Bielsa love fest. Um, but I think it's relevant with Click and I was thinking about it and yeah I've seen about it because Jesse Marsh didn't do very well at the time of recording and seems to be struggling to get his ideas across to the players and I always remember from Bielsa's first press conference he was asked about the language barrier and how he was going to communicate with the players on the training pitch and he said um, he said this um, he said that getting players to play and appealing to their emotions and inspiring them to play getting your message across to players in management is all about that. I think the biggest factor which gets players playing is emotion. And if you speak sincerely, words and how you express yourself goes hand in hand with activating those football emotions. So if you do struggle in a particular language, if you're not an expert in that language, it's unmistakable that you have a difficulty, but there are other ways of getting your point across if you believe in something sincerely in other ways than just a written word, showing how you feel. And um, it gives descriptions of how he's worked in other places where he's not been able to uh, speak the language but he's communicated and he says I think I'm confident enough to believe that messages will be conveyed and reach the players themselves and it always struck me that bit at the start where he says um, it's about appealing to players and emotions imagine it's all about that and the biggest factor which gets players playing is emotion and if you speak sincerely words are part of it but how you express yourself goes hand in hand with activating those football emotions. So there was something, you know, you're looking for how did it all work? How did Click become the player he did? And there was something about the way 
Marcelo Bielsa could speak Spanish to him, uh, an English-speaking Pole, that just got the message through so that those that six weeks of work and then click on the pitch, Calvin as well, even Berardi playing centre-back, we'd never seen that happen before. All those things, he just knew exactly how to get those players to do those things. And then from that point, I guess it'd be interesting, the experiment would be like, what if we played against Stoke and we'd, been, we'd lost 4-0? And it had been like some of the later Bielsa um, period performances, you know, wide open and Tom Inswaltz it's through our defence and we're, we're all over the place. Would he then have been able to, would the players have stayed bought into it? Would it have happened? But the work he did then just seemed to come together with that win. And that, that will be the secret of how it was done. Do you think it's some sort of certainty in the method? I think sincerity is a lot of it and just believing in part of it will be Bielsa's track record, his CV, you know, and then he can say to you, you know, yeah, I, I said this to Gabriel Batis tutor, so I can say it to you. And if you're Pat Bamford, you'll probably go like, oh yeah, that sounds, that sounds like good advice. So there's, sort of a, there's sort of a gravitas thing, there's, there's, a, there's a hiss which comes from history. Mm. But also there's uh, the other thing that Bielsa, he expanded on it later when he was talking about how Pablo Hernandez was making him a better coach. He said that part of his way of coaching is you look, you see the potential that a player has that the player doesn't realise. They have it. He says, I don't give the players anything. They have everything. They just don't always realise what they're capable of. And I have to work out a training method that will get them to reach the level that they have. I'm not taking them further than they can do. They can do it. And whether that's done individually, whether he does it in groups, I mean, we don't, that, that's part of the, the mystery and that'll be why um, he doesn't like people well, he, he won't welcome people spying on his training sessions in case they um, find these secrets out. But that's what it is because what Click then did to bring it back to the player for how many consecutive games was it? 92. Like, and all, did he have any bad games? I think, he, I think he was always like, fine. Yeah, there'd be games where you're like, oh, is he really contributing? You know, what's he didn't get an assist or he's not scored for a while or his shots are going wayward. But you, you always got a seven out of 10 from him, didn't you? Which you need, I suppose. Yeah. You've got to remember, I know the first season under Bielsa ended so chaotically, Ipswich and then um, against Derby. But to be at the top of the championship, 46-game uh, league for two seasons and then straight up to ninth in the Premier League is such a high level for so long. That's why all the kind of burnout talk still makes me kind of chuckle because like, if you, like whatever you're doing, if you can get players operating at that sort of level for that amount of time, um, almost what comes next almost feels irrelevant because some other people would do six good months and then the team collapses. So what Click then did, and the other part of it is um, is the work that Click had to do to to become that player as well. Yeah. It wouldn't, it's not as easy as just emotions are important, the communication is important, but then also doing the work every single day murder ball twice a week you know yeah they, they bought him for so long didn't they? that's the thing they bought him and, and you saw the results well let, let's let's hone in on some of the individual moments that kind of pinpointed his time at Leeds and and it was if you think about the song the long distance goals which did ironically dry up uh, you know towards the end and perhaps weren't as frequent as the song would uh, make you believe but as soon as we started singing that song yes <laughs> I was trying to pinpoint when that song actually began and I, I was couldn't find a it feels like Sheffield Wednesday's the an individual game yeah. I mean the way songs tend to go is that someone will sing them at one away game and it'll be like a dozen people singing it and then it, the next it's a hundred and then you know it's getting going in Ellen Road a month or so afterwards so I was I couldn't find the exact kind of origins of it but um, 
Having a song definitely helped him as well, mm. actually. I think that's, that is worth saying. And, he, and not every player gets a song. No. They don't or a end. good one. Mm. Well, yes. 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 Um, but yeah, some, some great goals in that first season. I mean, the, the Stoke one obviously was a fairly close range finish, but the finish at Derby was excellent from outside the box. And then the equaliser at Sheffield Wednesday, which was kind of a bit later in the, it was kind of in the autumn, wasn't it? It was like September time, I feel yeah. like. They'd scored a ridiculous goal, which shouldn't have counted because it wasn't fair. And Adam Reach, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> he, I think Reach did that in two consecutive games and he needed stopping. <laughs> but then Click got, got one in that and then... Um, he must be stopped. Yeah, yeah then the goals, the yeah. goals did drop a bit. But it, we obviously had... The other gifts from that season were when he started just causing problems for people. With, well, uh, Click Kowser. He won a FIFA Fair Play Award for us. Well, he... Did he? Well, he... Yeah, I suppose he... Inadvertently, did. yeah, he kicked that all off, and he knew what he was doing. <laughs> that was absolutely now. When you look back on it, a work of art. That whole thing, yeah. I mean, we've done a full episode about that, um, yeah, that exact game, haven't we? In the past, so uh, go back and listen to that for more, for more detail on that. But yeah, his his part, and it had to be click. I don't yeah. think I think other people would have probably just put it out of play or stopped. Rob was writing about it on the the blog last week and um, highlighted what was always. Something that Villa fans were fuming at the time, obviously, about the whole thing. And Tyler Roberts' part in it. Because Tyler Roberts was only, like, I think he's 20, 21 maybe at the time. And he hadn't played many games. And all the pressure was on him because he was in possession of the ball. All the Villa players screaming, put it out. And everyone else said, no, play on. So, and the way Rob described it is exactly how it was, where he looked around for a grown-up he could give the ball to. <laughs> He would take the responsibility and know what to do in this situation. <laughs> and that was. And, that, and the player he chose was Matches Click. And um, and I remember, obviously we've done the whole episode, right? So, but when as soon as Click got the ball, I knew he was going to try and <laughs> score. And I remember, like I was on the the gantry, the bells out of reach, pounding the table. I was and all etiquette went out the window, just like yes, yes, <laughs> score, because I just wanted to see the, the chaos happen. And I knew he was the chaos agent who would um, bring it all about. And um, and I knew. As soon as if he put the ball in the net, it would all kick off. And boy, did it! Oh, I loved it. And it was that was only the that's the second kickoff of the season that he caused because the Bolton game earlier in the year when uh, Phil Parkinson was their manager, who had he's now turned up at Wrexham now, isn't he? I was, he like, Wrexham, I, was, yeah. I was kind of surprised to see him, his face on uh, on match of the day the other day. But yeah, he ended up being sent off. There'd been a foul on Alioski. Alioski's there, lying injured. It's kicking off a tiny bit. Like there's a bit of pushing and shoving, but then from nowhere comes a hero with a bottle of water and just just tips it down the back of um it was Joe Williams I looked up under the player just kind of down the back of his head stroke neck and it all goes mad and no one quite knows what to do either because because yeah, it's not like a, it's not a violent offence is it no it's not a kick it's not a, it's not a slap it's not a shove it's not a spit is it unsportsmanlike it's behavior? not a bite but it's just yeah. like he had a the player did a like you fuck's this <laughs> well, that's it as well it's not just that the referee wouldn't know what to to give for it the other players didn't know what to make of this either because he's he's not come... The usual thing is, you know, it's a push because nobody really wants to punch each other. It's a pretend fight. I was expecting somebody to bring a water pistol out. You don't bring a water pistol to a knife fight, do you? You don't. No, that was... that was It was glorious, was that? And there, there have been all the other ones as well, like the shushing of the bench. Who was that? That was against Hull. It was... Um, Grant McCann was having a go at him, I think. Because um, he was sat there sort of... He was pulling his socks up almost, wasn't he? Like, But, but in a kind of sitting position in front of their dugout. Just like a shh. There was a great one as well, which I'd completely forgotten about. But someone it was retweeted after he uh, after he left was him screaming in the face of Ben Pearson after we'd scored an equaliser against Preston because he was an irritant of a player. 
he'd always be like kicking people and being a bit snide. And I guess he'd said some stuff. And you can see the, the ball goes into the net and it's one of those behind the camera GoPro efforts. Yeah. And you can just see Click leaning into him and screaming at him about an inch away from his face. Because I have to say, like, if, if anybody's ever played football, like be it school or Sunday league, Saturday, whatever, one of the real pleasures in that is the shithousery that goes on between teams, isn't it? The the mouthing off, mm. the, little, the little the little undercurrent that makes football such fun. And it's nice almost to just see that brought to life by one of the players that you love who are supposed to be grown-ups, mm. but you know that they're not. Well, Click was good at it because generally speaking, didn't get consumed by it either. But some some players set about trying to upset other people, but in the process, upset themselves and they get themselves really, really wound up about it and they get themselves sent off, which doesn't actually work. Yeah. He, and he was always cool as a cucumber. Whereas, I, think, I think Phil said as well, like his parents, when he, because he, he went over, didn't he, and um, spent time with his parents and um, hung around where he grew up and he said like, he knows what he's doing and he knows exactly just how far to take it. Yeah, clicks the one going like, why are you getting annoyed? Mm. Why are you getting annoyed? Why are you getting annoyed? Why is this annoying? Am I annoying you? Why are you getting annoyed? I'm not doing anything. I've just, brought, you, I've just brought you a drink, pal. And just, I pulled just, it down why, your neck. Why don't you calm down? <laughs> yeah, and I think that's why uh, the Netherlands-Argentina match at the World Cup, so good because all those players just losing it with each other um, and taking everything really personally and getting wound up and then yelling in each other's faces and trying to... like I know... Um, so people are still debating whether Martinez messing about at penalty shootouts is a, you know, is that within the spirit of the game? Is that a good thing or a bad? Well, it's a good thing. Who brilliant. cares? It's great. It's it, it's, fun. A, if it's annoying if it's against you, but it's a brilliant, yeah, it's, it's a brilliant asset. To and if it is against you, it's part, it's part of the challenge is if you're a fan, you boo him and you go, oh, you boo and that's fun. And then if you're trying to score a penalty past him, you have to just like, oh, how can I, how can I deal with this? And Click gave you, he would have fitted into that match beautifully you probably would have kept it together a lot more than them like he would never have gone for that lad who just belted the ball into the dugout which um i'm still not sure how i mean did he even get booked for it i was just like yeah was that probably... not at the end of a sequence of a bit of slight madness though and it kind of it was just the... yeah and he boiled over whereas click never boiled over he always was like very much in control of the fight of the the chaos he was causing but he would have fitted into that game kept a, a Cool head. Bold, think, bold to be praising um, Martinez in the week we're playing Villa. By the way, we're going to be siphoning him out. <laughs> we're going to be absolutely furious with him in a couple of days. But never mind. I was going to say, I think the um, the shit hours and not not getting drawn into it yourself is what makes his character so alluring as well. The uh, the idea that he's in control of it at all times, and you kind of really admire that, don't you? You, you just know it, it speaks to him not taking the whole thing too seriously, which I think I've said in in the last week or two is one of the things that made me really, really love him because I feel like he's my mate even though I've never met him. And, and, it, and it's because of stuff like that because it really that's, that side of him speaks to me. There's a nice contrast as well of not taking it too seriously but then to play 92 games on the BL set you have to take it incredibly fucking seriously yeah. otherwise you'll be dropped or your, your weight won't be right or your fitness won't be yeah, right yeah, you, won't yeah. be able to, you won't be able to ma- meet the standards. So he's got a level of dedication that we could never match but also he does have that kind of well it's all just a daft kick about it's only it. football. Yeah. Mm. If I don't do this I'll I like music. I like street art. I'll look at that instead. And that's how he's. In, that's why he's impossible to wind up. He can wind you up because you make the mistake of getting so wound up and wrought about the game. But then, if Leeds lose or he gets sent off or something like that, you go over and it's like, ha, see, it's like I'm not bothered. <laughs> it genuinely isn't. Obviously, he'll want to win and he'll be bothered in terms of. Am I helping the team? Am I getting the league? Does that matter? And the whole uh, the whole thing with Thomas Christensen speaks to that, the disappointment that followed. But 
like he's not going to if if Jack Grealish went running up to him after matches click got booked in fact he did get booked yeah. but did, he got booked for ruffling his hair didn't he in his, well, he, he kicked him one of his last games <laughs> no they, it was the ruffling that did it and then Grealish I guess they've played against each other often enough now that Grealish just went over to him at the end after it had happened and after Nyonto had had his say and maybe that's the difference Nyonto went in there trying to start something and Grealish was more like just click he's just kicking me like it's, it's what he fine does. it's, what, it's he does. what he does and then he ruffles my hair and he's done this to me every time I've played him and I know what it's about now and it would probably um, I think maybe Grealish has, has grown through some of this back in the championship when he, he felt that it was rude to even touch his precious knees whereas now he's just like oh you're going to come on and kick me are you and probably maybe they match energies in that kind of way whereas yeah so Nyonto is the example of somebody who, who thought that was a real like right I'm going to go over there I'm going to knock Grealish out Whereas was it that moment that Greedish as well started interacting with the East Stand and then um, Guardiola took him off just afterwards? Uh, I think yeah, it was, wasn't probably. it? And yeah. Greedish as well had the thing where you know we spent a, a match throwing paper planes at him, and was just like, "That's fine, yeah, yeah, that's funny." And uh, yeah, but there was no way that Click was going to be upset about that yellow card, and you couldn't go over to him. And oh, like, he, I think oh, he, you he see went, that referee's really told you off. He's like, he went in there fully knowing how it was going to end. Yeah, exactly. yeah from start to finish, he knew. And that's what I like. It's the little devil on his shoulder. It's it's the mischief, and that's I think what what is really appealing as well. Uh, and don't forget, he scored the first goal back at Ellen Road after the COVID break as well. So he's he's kind of punctured his punctuated his stay with some really um, iconic moments, um, yeah. but but none more so than the promotion. And we should talk about that and the fact that he was us, and and the thing that 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 broke his duck after all those performances was the fact that he was completely shit faced and hung over. <laughs> It was great. People need to remember the timing of it as well, because you know people might listen to this in a few years when COVID hopefully has faded a bit. But it was such, it was so weird that whole thing yeah. of be, watching us get promoted and not being there. It was, it was really strange. So to see someone in the stand at Derby just fucking about was great. And, and the like, fact that the fact that he went into the stand and he started singing songs and applauding people. So he what he genuinely was the physical embodiment of us as fans there at that point. I, I've had to look at the timeline of that period again because it was such a blur. But 12th of July, we beat Swansea. 16th, Barnsley. 17th, Huddersfield beat West Brom. So Nin- we, were, we were up then, weren't we? 19th yeah. is the Derby game. 22nd, we get the trophy. God, that was a blur. Yeah. That whole thing. Well, cause it kind of, it snowballed, didn't it? Because... The the West Brom game at Huddersfield sent us up, and then it was the game on the Saturday. Was it the Brentford game by them yeah. not winning or they lost? At, was it Stoke or whoever? That meant that we were champions. It mm. was like so we, we went from having a, a moment of elation of of, win, of getting promoted finally into being champions, and then suddenly all the pressure just just well, I kind of gone, and, and it and so the, the, the celebration, the party almost went on for like two or three days, didn't it? Yeah, because because the Pablo Swansea goal. That's when I think most people went. I think it's on. Yeah. I think this is on. Like we, mm. we're going to have to really go some. It's going to. I think at the time we'd, we'd have had to have our worst run of form for like ten years. I think it would have meant we'd have had to get like two points or something to not to go win. up. Yeah, and we gave it a really good try against Barnsley. We, yeah. we really did. Leeds, yeah. Leeds just being Leeds as it was. But yeah, for that the, the pressure valve being released on that week was visible in Click because he was just leathered, going "fuck me." What a time to be alive, or whatever it was that he said. Was, it that, was that the video that he did from the East Stand? Yeah. yeah. And, he, and he looks absolutely battered, doesn't he? He's going, what a time to fucking be alive. <laughs> and then there's the, a the few cigar. days later, they're at Sky Lounge, if it's still called that, the one at the top of the hotel. And that's where he sat with his cigar, isn't oh, it? Is that where his... he is with that? I think that's where it is. Yeah, right. Uh, I'm not sure. I think so. I think well, I'm once well, The Sky Lounge is in, uh, in the Hilton Doubletree, which is where, I don't know if they still do, but that was the pre-match hotel, wasn't it? So they obviously must have 
use that quite frequently. Yes, I think he's on the balcony there. Yeah, I'd always thought it was on the street in Harrogate, but that sounds about right. Uh, I'll allow a picture it. He had a t-shirt on, didn't he? The, the ones that well, the club had knocked up. Yeah, and then I think that, so the, yes, I'm, it's only now trying to separate the timeline. So it doesn't matter where he was. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that will have been at the Sky Lounge. And then there was... Um, he is in the Sky Lounge. I recognise the windows of it. Yeah. He was then out in Harrogate with Liam Cooper and that's where we, we found out he'd gone on eBay to buy a Strongbow. It was the one... He said he wanted the Champions League era shirt but uh, couldn't find one. Could have um, had mine. So we had one from the season after the slightly more rugby-style Nick Barmby uh, season one. So he's just out in Harrogate wearing a, um, a classic lead shirt that he's bought himself off eBay. The, the other photo that always is uh, part of this is him um, lying on Barry Douglas's bonnet the next the more it's the morning <laughs> after the West Brom Huddersfield game when they they had they went into training and they're um, they're all having ice baths and singing Marcelo Bielsa and it's just a photo click just lying on um, across the windscreen of Barry Douglas's car looking in absolutely no fit state to do anything but carry on drinking which I think they quite uh, generously and Rightly, let him do. And so to the goodbye, the tearful goodbye. All good things do come to an end. Everything in life is transient, Michael. I said it the other Fuck week. Fuck you, Marsh. <laughs> Why couldn't we have kept him? They're probably, I think it's fair to say when you look at that promotion team that it is little by little it's coming to an end and whether you you know, you know count Marsh in accelerating that or not is probably relevant. In time, those players will fade from the club and most of them have now. It did feel like it was probably just a little bit too soon for Click, didn't it? Albeit you knew and you know that that end is coming. I think I think he still has something to give this season. I think that some departure would have been probably an obvious move, but I suppose credit to him because it sounds like he he is the one who's probably pushed the move. And normally I would consider that a bad thing, someone pushing to leave Leeds. But actually, after what he's given us and the fact he wants to leave to play football, it's different to someone pushing for a move because they think they deserve Champions League football or they want a new five year contract or whatever. He's very much I'm sure he is getting good money in in America, but. He's, he's one of their designated players, so they operate outside the salary cap, don't they? Yeah. And you get three, is it something like that, per squad? So it'll be earning a, a fortune. It'll be like but, substantially but better than Leeds. But he wants to play football. He said mm. as much. I think he would have stayed. And I think seeing the state he was in upon leaving, it's not been an easy decision for him. No, and he did stay. He stayed in August. Yeah. So there was the whole talk, will he, would he go then? And uh, Jesse Marsh has had the conversations with him and said, no, I'm going to use you this season and... Uh, we'll get you to the World Cup in Qatar and you're a big part of what we're going to be doing. So you don't need to worry. So um, matches click as, you know, despite I'm sure he will have had lots of good offers at that point as well, has said, all right, fine, I will believe you and I'll stay and I'll do that. And then he's had absolutely nothing. So for it then to come round again in January, Jesse Marsh just sit down and say, hey, well, I know we didn't quite get you to the World Cup in the end. and Never um, mind about that. Yeah, sorry about that. And, uh, um, but I'm I'm really happy to uh, I'm going to use you in the, the the upcoming games and then the upcoming games start playing. Aronson looks absolutely shot to pieces after the World Cup. Click is nowhere near the first team. He's still just being brought on, and I'm sure Click probably had the same feeling as everyone when Jesse Marsh had the front to say like, "No, I've used him." In you know, he's one of my most used players. If you look at how many games he's played, and I'm sure Click was probably screaming at the, uh, his laptop as well. But yeah, but how many minutes? So there's no, he owed us absolutely nothing. He probably was that's too... Re- that's reflected in the fact that he was released from his contract. Yeah, as well, he yeah. was probably too kind mm. for his own good staying He was just not willing August. to be lied to again. 
Yeah, probably. Just like no, and he's paid a high price a for it because the high because he could have gone to another team um, at the start of the season, played every match, scored goals for them, gone to the World Cup. Poland had a bit of a disaster, but at least he would have been there, and it would have been um, a dream achievement to to do that. And and you know he'd been working towards it, and he could have done all that. So he lost a lot by not and by agreeing to stay another three months at Leeds. And um, yeah, so. In the end, I don't think anyone from the promotion team. There's always that tendency in football where you go, "Oh well, what have you done for us lately?" They all, none of them always anything. They all got us up, and um, whatever they, it's now about like finding the right. We talk about moving on for them. It's the right way to do it for them as much as it is for us, because these aren't, um, however well they might play now, or whatever you might think about their futures and like future capabilities. It's not, and it shouldn't be a case of binning them off. Mm. It's. Um, finding good moves for players who still in Glick's place is probably still one of our best midfielders he, he would get in our team yeah yeah. which makes me excited to see how good he's going to be in um, MLS because um, it's an up and coming league has been for a long time um, and has a lot of good players but the standard is so uneven so you have the designated players who are very good then you have some homegrown players who are um, coming through like the the Tyler Adams level and the Brendan Aronson and Paxton Aronson and um, players who were sort of giving a lot of optimism for what the men's national team can become in the USA. But then you've got some absolute garbage just filling up the filling up the roster. So there's those big gaps between he could one day be coming up against a really good opponent in midfield and then the next day he could be coming up with somebody who's like League One equivalent who has just got a good contract over there and is, um, is playing well for the standards. So he could do anything. And I've got warm sort of future visions of because um, some of the MLS games are on at like reasonable times it's like tuning into to watch a DC United match ignoring um, the potato head in the dugout the shot on, just, is it on uh, Sky have we got on Sky over here I think it I might be know. yes um, we'll find it and um, and just watching click pinging them in from 40 yards and 50 yards everywhere he goes yeah um, he will be sorely missed won't he both as, as person and footballer I think so. Final goals were in that Barnsley Cup game, although he did score in uh, Elche, didn't he? That, that Got a trophy to lift goals. as well. Which felt like the nice sign-off, I think. But um, Him lifting that trophy as well. No one else was, everyone else was embarrassed to have won that trophy. Yeah. Clicky yeah. just he embraced it. He was like, ah, let's have fun with it. In just the right way. Which is exactly what you should do. No one else was having fun in Elche. Clicky was having fun. Yeah. We will miss him and hopefully when he does come back to the UK, we'll come and join us here and uh, we'll be able to have a chat and just fill in some of the gaps because you just know it's it's such an interesting story, his isn't it? All of it, the whole thing that we've talked about today. I know he has a nice time over there. I'm sure he will. It's a great move for him, and just the lifestyle. Even the fact we've already seen him on Instagram talking into Gordon Ramsay's fish and chips. So the lifestyle, the money, the it's an adventure. The level of the football, yeah. the country. Um, yeah, it's absolutely because the obvious ones. Then there was even some bits like he could have had a move back to the Netherlands. He's done. Um, he may end up living in Holland in his future life if that's where um, him and the family feel like they'll be happiest but yeah he's got some really good years um, ahead of him if it all goes well and um, hope it does and, and you just know he's one of those band of players who will always be leads he'll always have that in his DNA he'll always be welcomed back it's not always the case for everybody but he's he's definitely in that group a bit like you know in the same way that Vinnie Jones is even though Vinnie Jones only basically spent a season with us yeah we do it to a lot of players Jermaine Beckford had absolutely no clue about Leeds United before he signed for us and now like is just counts himself as a committed fan. Flick, I'm sure, had no real 
feeling for Leeds before he got here, but the tears that we saw on the way out, yeah, <laughs> say he does now. I know, and even just the um, the way he smacked his hands against the We Are Leeds on the top of the tunnel as the last thing he did on the pitch. Although I think he then came back out to have a kick about with his kids as well, so it wasn't quite <laughs> the last thing, but. Um, official, think, last official act that departure yeah. does the way he left the pitch I think does matter I think that does leave a mark on you because you think he did care he, he definitely cared because you never quite know with footballers do you like I remember like Ben White to look back at that promotion team you think oh he's really good he loves it here he's, but then actually you get the thing he doesn't really like football actually <laughs> once he's left he was probably mates with Calvin he had quite a nice time but probably doesn't give us a second thought mm. that's not the case with Click yeah it's embedded within his personality isn't it and it's been and, and you think about the ages that he's been here and you know you think maybe young family I mean we don't know I don't know his exact his exact circumstances but... his kids have been born in Leeds yeah. I know there's at least one I don't, I don't know if they got uh, up to two but he uh, I think that was mentioned in his letter as well that his, uh, his children were born here Yorkshire babies um, yeah so another future Erling click mm. Indeed, indeed. Well, we will miss him and we thank him as well for his contribution and hopefully the Mateus Click story in terms of Leeds United. Anyway, he's not quite finished yet because he'll always be welcome back and I, I look forward to seeing him back in Leeds soon. As manager. <laughs> oh, God, it'd be great. Even on the coaching staff, wouldn't he? It's, even if he was just in charge of shithousery, that'd be fine. Compare his presence on the sideline to Marshall. He, he gets involved in stuff and upsets himself, doesn't he? Click would be great. It's on like, that. lads, just calm down. It's fine. <laughs> just pull on the rampant hair then you're done. <laughs> Mateus Click, thank you. We'll speak to you soon. The Extra Ball.